0: the stock market option trading podcast. My name is Eric and this episode we're going to explore and backtest different option strategies on the SPY and we're going to use an old trading adage as our sort of thesis. And that adage is sell in May and go away. I know you've heard it before. Uh I have no idea if the stats that they talk about are true or not and that's not really the point of this episode. What I wanted to do is start with some sort of thesis, in this case, sell in May and go away, which implies some kind of bearish activity uh, over the month of May. And I wanted to use it as a starting point to better understand really the basics of options trading. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to backtest buying put options. We're going to backtest selling call spreads, and we're going to use different profit-taking methods. We're going to let it go to expiration. We're going to use stop losses just to see how that can affect the outcome of some of these strategies. And remember, the goal here is really to ultimately better understand how options work and how managing them with different profit-taking and stop-losses can affect those results. Now, before we get started, you need to know everything in this episode is for educational purposes only, and this is definitely not financial advice. I do not recommend trading anything that we talk about today. You should really do your own research, but I think this is a good starting point. It's gonna help you better understand the basics of options, and even if you're an intermediate trader, I think some of this, uh, some of these results will be a little bit eye-opening, especially when it comes to stop losses, and you'll you'll see what I mean in just a minute. So let's start with our trading thesis, and instead of me trying to Google search and everything, I I've been using ChatGPT uh, for for little things like this to help better articulate concepts because I am not um, a word smith, if you will. So I went to ChatGPT. And I I said, write a summary of the sell in May and go away adage. And here's what ChatGPT uh, spit out. I think I'm on 3.5 actually with this one. So here's ChatGPT's take on the sell in May and go away adage. The sell in May and go away adage is a popular investment strategy that suggests investors should sell their stocks in May and stay out of the market until November. Now, this is something that I learned is that I didn't realize, and, and again, we're assuming chat GPT is correct here, but you're actually supposed to sell in May and then not come back until November. So that's going to throw off what I thought it was in the beginning. So they don't, they don't always tell you that, right? Let me keep, keep going. This approach is based on the historical trend that the stock market tends to underperform during the summer months and investors may be better off avoiding the seasonal decline. However, the effectiveness of the strategy has been debated, and some argue that it is based on outdated market patterns that may no longer hold true in the current economic climate. Additionally, while the adage may have been effective in the past, there is no guarantee that it will continue to work in the future. Investors should always do their own research and consider their individual circumstances before making investment decisions. While the sell may and go away adage may be useful starting point, it is not a foolproof strategy and should be used with caution. So first of all, it's interesting that ChatGPT has already given us a warning about uh, no guarantee of future results, <laughs> that type of thing. I think that's kind of funny. And you should use, um, you know, do your own diligence and that type of thing. Uh, but also keep in mind that ChatGPT, I think, goes up to 2021 so whatever information it's pulling from is you know a little bit outdated so again we don't know the effectiveness of the strategy but we're gonna back test against it anyway so again ChatGPT has warned us of trading a strategy like this so the other cool thing that I did with ChatGPT to get ready for this uh, strategy is basically what I wanted to do is open a trade on the first trading day of the month for May and just see what happens over the next 30, 45 days. Now, just a little bit of info before we get into the the backtesting. So I'm going to be using Option Omega. I've talked about it before. The guys have been on the show before. Option Omega uses one-minute option pricing, and we're going to be using uh, SPY, in this case, to backtest against. Now, one of the cool things about Option Omega is that you can put in specific dates that you want to take the trade. So for this strategy, I wanted to take the trade on the first trading day of the month in May for each year. We're actually going to go back to 2016 because I think that's as far as the data goes back. So again, the, it's not the first of the month; it's the first trading day of the month. So, you know, instead of me going to the calendar, which I actually started to do, and I thought this is dumb, I need to go figure out what the first first trading day of the month is because if the if May first in 2000, you know, whatever 16 is a Sunday, which I think it was then the strategy isn't going to pick anything up because you're telling the, the software to uh, take a trade on Sunday and it's going to say, Hey, there, there isn't anything to trade. So I went in and chat GPT. I thought this was pretty cool. So I'm sharing it. What are the dates in ISO format for the first business day of May since 2016? And it replied the first business day of May for each year since 2016 and ISO format is blah, 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 blah. And it, and it gave me all the, the dates And so I was easily able to copy and paste these dates into Option Omega, and then I can tell the software, hey, only take these trades on these dates. So that's a little bit of prep that I did just to get that. And I I thought it was, I mean, ChatGPT probably saved me, I don't know, 10 minutes on that, however long it takes to figure that out. You know, uh, if the market was open that day, you can scroll back through your chart each year or whatever. So I thought that was pretty cool. So now that I have the dates uh, that we're going to be trading on, and there's really only going to be seven trades. So a little caveat this this is a very small sample size and not indicative of the strategy. But I still think it's very telling uh, when it comes to managing these types of trades. So the idea was, okay, on the first trading day of the month for May for the last several years, seven years, I didn't do 2023 because the month's not over and it would be weird. So I just did up to 2022. So the first test really is say, okay, just buy a put option and I'm gonna buy the put option 45 days to expiration. That'll give us 30 days in May and then, you know, maybe it continues or whatever. So I bought a little bit of extra time. Um, Now in hindsight, after I learned from ChatGBT that the adage actually said, hey, sell in May uh, and go away, Uh, And they meant to stay away for a few months, may need to go back. And if we really want to vet out a strategy like this for May, June, July, August, September, it's telling you to stay out of the market for like, I don't know, five months or something like that. But that's something I learned um, doing this. Uh, So, anyway, so we bought a put option. I'm going to buy at the money, Delta 50, 45 days of expiration, and I'm just going to let it go. That's the very first test. No stop, no target. So, when I back tested this, I had a 14% win rate. So again, there were one, two, three, four, seven trades, six losers basically, and one winning trade. And I lost $751, which to be honest with you, actually isn't that bad given a 14% win rate in my mind. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was how much each of these options cost. And I think this is sort of telling, um, if you're new to options, and you're trying to figure out, well, I want to, let's say you want to be a directional trader and you want to buy calls and puts because, um, you know, they're cheaper or whatever. The very first trade in 2016, that at the money call option was $4 and 23 cents. So it's $423. And then in 2017, it was $334. And then in 2018, it was $558 about the same price in 2019. And then it starts to get more expensive. In 2020, it was $13.67. And then May, it was uh, May of 2021, it was $9 or $900. And then May of 2022, it was actually $1,700. So over time, the price of that act the money option starts to increase. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because if you want to try and normalize some kind of allocation if you're trading with a small account and you're going to say okay I'm I'm willing to do a strategy that you know let's say you're willing to you're willing to spend $300 per option contract and and you don't want to risk any more so you want all your options contracts to be $300 or less or some other made up number well over time as that stock increases in value and or volatility increases um like I know in May of 2020 uh, it was way, it was like almost three times as expensive as uh, 2019. So that could be a combination. I don't have the prices in front of me, but it could be, simply be a combination of volatility, um, as well as the actual price of the underlying. So with that, I went to chat and I said, what was the closing price of the S and P 500 on the first business day in May since 2016? And it spit it out. Um, it has, it started uh, in 2016. I'll just go through the numbers. S&P was at 2,100 and change. We we're then close to 23 or uh, 2,400. Then we were up to 26 and a half and then 29, almost 3,000. And then it was back down uh, to 2,800. And then in uh, May 3rd, 2021, it went to f- uh, 4,181. And then it could not give me May of 2022 because that date is in the future. Because remember, ChatGPT, as of this recording or at least uh, 3.5 doesn't have data after. So I actually went in and looked it up myself and we were trading at 41.55. So as the price of the underlying changes over time, the the cost of those options are gonna change over time. So when people say, I want a consistent strategy that I can uh, trade, that's just something you gotta think about uh, is how many contracts you can afford, how much you're willing to risk, so let's talk about the winners and the losers here. Again, just buying a put without doing anything, just letting it go to expiration. Um, I think there was some in- interesting information here. There was one winner. The winner was huge. It was $3,000, uh, which was almost a 100% gain. This was in 2022. We bought a put option in May. 45 days later, you made $3,000. Again, the price of that option was $1,700. So Um, I don't know, what's that 80, 75, 80% gain over the course of the 45 days. That's great. All the other ones were actually losers, but there was two things that were kind of interesting. So four of the seven trades went to zero, meaning they expired out of the money, but two of the other trades actually expired in the money. Uh, but they still lost money. They didn't lose as much as the full value, but this just sort of reminds us that even if you buy an at the money option and it expires slightly in the money, you can still lose money because there's still premium that's in that option contract, and you need the stock to move farther to outpace that premium. So even though two of the trades expired in the money, um, they actually lost money. So one, the option itself was $932, and it lost $700. So you didn't lose full value, but you know you lost most of it. Uh, the other one was $423 to pay for the contract and you lost $282. So just a little bit of context around buying options with no management. And, you know, um, I thought these were pretty good examples. Okay. So the next thing we're going to do is add a 50% stop loss, because if in theory, the, the logic goes, and this is people come and ask me this, a lot the logic goes well if you have so many losers and you know you're going to be you know you have a losing strategy maybe we can add a stop loss so let's add the stop loss and see the results so I added the 50% stop loss and now every trade is a loser and it kind of goes against uh, what a lot of people might think that stop losses will protect you And what stop losses ultimately do, and I've seen this time and time again, and again, this is a smaller sample size and I'm extracting my opinion here, just totally opinion. The stop loss is not always going to limit your losses. It may for certain trades, but in this case, the one winning trade we had actually turned into a loser. Because Remember, we bought that contract for $1,700 or $17. It was 39 cents. So That means that in that 45 days, that option lost more than 50% of its value only to come back and book 80% and get an 80% winner. So it was a lot of volatility in uh, 2022. So, you know, it's kind of expected, but just to understand that when you think about stop losses, there needs to be a little bit of methodology and it has to go. uh, I mean, if you're doing it to limit risk uh, per trade, and that kind of makes sense, but if you buy options, if you buy a $1,700 option, you're like, well, I only want to risk 200 Well, you would get stopped out. And yeah, you're limiting your risk, but you're also limiting your reward. And in most cases, I see the stop losses with options, um, mainly with spreads and stuff. Stop losses tend to reduce your win rate that I would say is a pretty consistent uh, fact that stop losses will reduce your win rate. Doesn't mean it's going to reduce your profits all the time. It just means it's going to reduce your win rate because invariably you're going to have a trade like this where you get stopped out only for that option to return. So it's really important that if you are going to not use a stop loss and you you need to understand the risk of options, in this case, buying a put option, um, you're risking whatever the debit is, whatever the cost of that single put option is. So if the put option is $550, then you are risking $550. That will uh, allow you to not use a stop. I'm not recommending that. I'm just trying to get you to think about uh, that. Again, this is not a recommendation. Just trying to explore and understand how changing the parameters of the trade, really more in trade management and risk management, um, and it goes back to when it, when you think about risk management, I try to do all my risk management before I get into the trade. And for those that follow me, you know, I don't really use stops. Sometimes when I think the trade is dead and it's not coming back, I will close it. And sometimes it comes back and it actually wins, but, um, you know, you never, you, nothing's perfect here. So anyway, 50% stop loss, actually, uh, you gave up that $3,000 winner and now you have a, it changes some of the other uh, options, but you have a 100% loss rate and you lost about $3,000. So that did not help in this particular specific study. So now what I wanna do, I'm gonna pull off the 50% stop loss and I'm gonna add a 50% target. And the idea here is that, well, maybe some of these trades became profitable only to turn around and lose, so it could, be conversely go go the other way where maybe you could make 50% before it turns into a loser. So we're going to add a 50% target and then we've taken off the stop loss. So now we actually have with uh buying that put, that same delta 50 put 45 days to expiration, you actually ended up with an 85% win rate and it made $960. So no stop loss, but we added a profit target. Now the one thing it did do was it reduced that huge winner. Because remember, the one winner of letting it go to expiration, the one home run that it, that it made, made $3,000. Well, now um, that 50% gain is about, I'm going to call it $900. So you reduced your home run hitting... Um, you know, you're not hitting a grand slam here. However, you're hitting a lot of, I'm going to call them doubles. If you can get 50% gain, I would call that a single double or maybe a triple, you know, however you want to term it in baseball terms. So again, 85% win rate by managing winners. This is something that tasty trade talks about when you get profits going in your favor, especially early in the trade, it's wise to take some off the table Or take profits because remember when you're buying options time is against you and you're ultimately can fade more unless the market totally falls out and yeah over the last seven years you got that one home run but it did not pan out from a um for the other so from a consistency basis and profitability in this case setting a 50 percent profit target um with no stop loss um, actually worked out again you made 960 dollars And an 85% win rate. I thought it was pretty cool. And the last test for this we'll do real quick is I'm going to put both on there. I'm going to add the 50% stop loss and the 50% profit target. So we're risking one-to-one. That's the the mindset is, okay, I'm risking one-to-one. Well, it lowered the win rate because, again, we're adding a stop loss which is typically decreases the win rate. It went from an 85% win down to a 71% win rate, which is still pretty good, but it actually lost money. It lost $132. So, you know, I would say relatively flat that having that stop loss with the profit target lost money. The most profitable one in this small sample size of a weird trading adage, again, don't, you know, don't take this to heart and, and apply this to every strategy ever, but the stop loss hurt the strategy and taking profits helped. That's the takeaway for this uh, small sample size. So we know that buying options can be trickier because you you really have to have the market to move in your favor for it to make money. And we saw that in the first example where we let it go to expiration. And even though expired in the money, we were a little bit right, we lost money. So what we're going to do now is switch over to credit spreads which uh, we're going to sell an out-of-the-money credit spread, which puts the probability in your favor from an options perspective. And then we'll see if the sell-in-may adage actually helps. Now, for the sake of time, I decided to break this episode into two parts. So I'm going to cover the credit spread strategy, which was more profitable. You you definitely want to stay tuned for that one. I'm going to put that in the next episode. So be sure to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you're listening. And I'll have it posted in just a couple days. In the meantime, if you're interested in backtesting strategies like this, uh, you know, trying different profit targets and strike selection and, and stop losses and all that stuff, Head on over to OptionOmega.com and use the code SMOT, that's S-M-O-T, for stock market options trading, and you'll get 50% off your subscription. Again, that's SMOT, S-M-O-T, at OptionOmega.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.